Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo today. One hour to go, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern, as we'll get to a lot in this hour. Look at some fab results from the weekend. What does it mean for you guys? Maybe these guys could be on the waiver wire. So I'll give you my thoughts on them. We'll be joined by Frank Stanfield of FNTSY. Coming up in the next segment, we'll talk some NBA playoffs and some baseball with him. And we'll get you some lineups for the games tonight. No afternoon baseball, so we'll do that in the final segment. And you can catch all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Got a weekend recap from Fantasy Baseball Up going through all the injuries, the top performances, and what it means for your fantasy team. We also have a look at the 2019 NFL Draft, which starts on Thursday, first round. It is here. We got prospect scouting reports on the top quarterbacks, running backs, receivers as well. Waiver wire report from Sean Childs. And, of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards in the forums anytime you want. Also, I have my two-star pitcher article for the week as well. That usually comes out Saturday or Sunday. But with lineup locks still four hours away, you can take a look at that. There might be a change or two in there. Uh, some teams make changes after I publish. Like, I think initially I had Cole Hamels in there. For a two-star week, he does not have a two-star week now. He will just pitch Wednesday. So there were some cancellations over the weekend and some injuries as well. So just keep that in mind. Uh, but you can check that out at scoutfantasysports.com. Scoutdfs.com for MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA, MMA, optimizers, and Slack chat leading up to lineup block. So make sure you check that all out. We are here to help you win. Some of the top storylines of the day. Uh, the Orioles sent Cedric Mullins to AAA. Gio Gonzalez opts out of his minor league deal with the Yankees. He's now a free agent. Mike Zanino was taken off the paternity list, so he is good to go. Michael Waka lands on the injured list with patellar tendonitis in his knee, and this came out of nowhere. I mean, that's just the way the season is going, where he had a good start against Milwaukee, where he was on the bench of many people, including mine. And you're like, okay, he's looking good. We'll get him back in there. And then all of a sudden today, patellar tendonitis. The Rays hope that Austin Meadows will be back in a couple of weeks, so it doesn't look like it's too serious. And Jacob DeGrom, there was just footage of him throwing in the outfield on MLB Network at City Field, and he is going to throw a bullpen today. So who knows at this point? Look, that's all you hope. As a Mets fan or a Jacob DeGrom owner in fantasy, you really hope that this is nothing and it was just out of his routine. And again, he had this scare last year. If you remember, uh, it was in June, I believe, and uh, he was getting sent to get his elbow examined. Turns out he was fine. He came back and obviously had a Cy Young type year. So let's just hope that it's something similar. Uh, he the the injury list was backdated, uh, so I think he's eligible to return the 26th, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see if he makes that start. And you know, fantasy owners and weekly leagues, you still got a few hours to make that decision. We'll see 
if he speaks with the media, what kind of details the Mets give us. But, uh, you know, that's a decision I think you have to wait till the last minute. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, Dragon might be your best option. And you look at it and say, okay, you know what? If he doesn't start, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. Uh, and just take the, the zero if he doesn't pitch. Because uh, a lot of us in leagues with no injured list spots are dealing with a lot of uh, tough decisions to make this week. You know, I have one where Waka went down, and it's either Aaron Sanchez, who I don't know if he's going to pitch this week, the crack finger now, or uh, Marge Vicious, who is at home against Seattle, and I don't love that matchup. So uh, I think we're all dealing with situations like that now, especially when we have seven reserve spots, similar to the NFBC, and we don't have uh, any one uh, IL spot, so... We're trying to hold on to a couple of these valuable players, and uh, it does make it tough. Let's take a look at some of the fab results from the weekend. And I've always said, you have to know your league. And you've either been in the league for a few years, it's a home league, and you know how people bid, or it's a new league. And the first couple weeks will kind of give you an idea of whether the group is aggressive or not. I can tell you in Tout Wars, it's kind of mixed. I mean, NFBC, way more aggressive in fab. Tout Wars, not as much. Although there were a couple very high bids. Uh, over the weekend, uh, and we'll go over those. Uh, Cole Tucker was the guy who went the most in my fab uh, in tout, and this is a 15-team mixed league, 29 roster spots OBP. Tucker went for $185. Brandon Crawford was released. Now, Tucker is going to play shortstop right now for the Pirates every single day. Eric Gonzalez had been put on the injured list. He had that collision with Starling Marte. And Tucker hit a leadoff home run the other day. Looks like he's going to get an opportunity to hit up a top. And, you know, in the minor leagues, he showed uh, the ability to steal a lot of bases and still might have some pop. So he was someone that people were very, very aggressive on. And I put in bids for him, but uh, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to get him. You, you really had to be aggressive. I think in the NFBC, there were a lot of $200, $300 bids. I think someone went as high as 400 So, uh Look, he's going to get the time to play, and we know how difficult uh, stolen bases can be. So he does have the ability to get 25, 30 steals if he can stay up. And uh, 57 at-bats at AAA, he had three home runs, and his first career at-bat for the Pirates, he homered. So obviously that might have driven out the price a little bit. But uh, you know, certainly worth adding if you need some help in the middle infield spot. And uh, people were pretty aggressive on him uh, over the weekend. So he went for 185. Uh, Dwight Smith Jr. went for 177, and I was interested in him. I already own him in a league or two. I think it was the uh, GDD league. I picked up Smith a couple weeks ago, and he actually won't make my lineup this week because I got David Dahl back, and I'm pretty strong in the outfield. Uh, I need more help on the infield. So Smith uh, is dealing with a quad injury, though. So that's the only problem there. And there were a couple leagues where I wanted to go a little bit more aggressive, but when you have a multitude of injuries and you know a guy is dealing with a quad injury, you can't be as aggressive on him. Now, if you have only one or two players on the injured list, yeah, you can be a little bit more aggressive if you feel like you know he's going to make it back. But, you know, I couldn't be as aggressive in, in some of the leagues. And even this league, I, I could use an outfielder until my offense is the biggest problem right now. Uh, my pitching's been really good. Even with McHugh getting blown up yesterday, Still near the top in ERA and whip. So, tout the pitching's been pretty good. It's been the offense that has been a major problem. And, again, a lot of it is injuries. At one point, I had my entire infield on the injured list. Just got back uh, Francisco Lindor, so that helped. So, I would have liked Dwight Smith, but 
there was no way I was going to spend 177 on him knowing that he's dealing with a quad injury because with the way baseball is going right now, would you be surprised if we find out today? Yeah, he's going to miss time and be on the injury list. I mean, so uh, he is not in the lineup today. Uh, the Orioles lineup is out, and uh, Dwight Smith is not in the lineup. So that's something that uh, you have to worry about if you did pick him up off that. But it certainly was worth acquiring. Jared, Gerard Eikhoff, uh one for 123. He was definitely a hot pickup. And, you know, I thought maybe the price might go down because of that core start. But I think savvy owners knew, okay, it's Coors Field. He wasn't that bad. So Eikhoff is someone that I did pick up in a couple of leagues. So he went for 123 there. Uh, I didn't need to go that high because the pitching for me has been fine. I really need bats. But, hey, you never have enough pitching because guys can go down. Mike Soroka only went for 52. I was surprised. And, again, I if I needed I needed bats more than pitching, and I did put in a bid for him, but that's a nice price. I mean, he went for a lot more in the NFBC leagues, which we'll get to. But Soroka, we know, has a good arm. It's about health with him, but I think there's a spot in him for the Braves rotation right now. Even when Mike Fultonewicz comes back, which potentially could be this week, Tuki Tucson, who people really went crazy for last week. There were $150, $200 bids, and he had that great relief appearance against the Mets. Got an opportunity to start and was shelled by the Indians. Seven runs in an inning and two-thirds, so they sent up the AAA. So it looks like there's a, a nice shot there for Soroka to stick in the rotation. Sean Kelly of Texas went for $22, and, you know, yesterday was the day to bid. You know, maybe people put in their bids early and didn't check back. I did get Kelly, I think, for $2 in the GDD League, and that's a $100 budget, but I am in second place in that league. I have no saves, not one save. I have, like, Ryan Presley, RGG Bradley. So I said, let me take a shot on Sean Kelly. LeClerc has really struggled. He's looked bad. He can't find the strike zone. And I know they said that they're giving him that dreaded vote of confidence. And I'm sure he'll get, you know, another opportunity. But, uh, you know, Kelly could be next in line. Not that he's a lockdown guy either, but he's pitched well so far this year. And, you know, you got to speculate on these guys before. You know, that's what I did with Hector Neris. You know, Hector Neris was a free agent in a lot of leagues this week, and he went for a lot of money. And I have him in three leagues that I picked up two weeks ago. That's how you profit. And, you, the, 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 even if you're wrong, you're not spending a lot of money on these guys. Because the worst part is if you go out this weekend and spend $150, $200 for Neris, and he blows the next save, and he doesn't get an opportunity again, and they go to someone else. That's the worst part. But if you're going to spend $22 out of 1000 you know, $2 out of 100 that's when you do it. Because if it doesn't work out, it's not a big deal. And you didn't waste a good chunk of your fab budget. So uh, that's the way to do it. If you can, obviously. Uh, saw Josh Reddick over 17. He's been on fire right now. He's hitting. Uh, not huge upside, but he is producer right now. And, you know, a nice plug-in if you have some injuries. Roman Quinn went for 20 bucks. He obviously has some speed, getting some playing opportunity right now for the uh, Phillies with the injuries they have there. Remember, Odubel Herrera is also on the injured list. Mike Talkman to the Yankees, $38. I won that bid. I had Austin Meadows, so I needed a replacement. And, you know, he's going to get some playing time. I know maybe when they get healthy, you know, he loses. But I'm, I'm worried really more about this week with him, and I'm hoping that Meadows doesn't miss much time. So uh, I got a lot of scrubs in my lineup right now because of the injuries rolling with Cargo with Melky Cabrera. It's pretty ugly. And, again, my goal is just, hey, stay afloat, get some of these guys back healthy. But Talkman's got three homers. Eight RBIs in 14 games so far. 
Uh, had 20 home runs at AAA last year with the Rockies. So, you know, Yankee Stadium, uh, even though they're, they're on a road trip right now, uh, the Yankees are, are headed out on the road. But, you know, this is a left-handed bat at Yankee Stadium that, uh, you know, does hit uh, for some power. So hoping that he can give me uh, some short-term production there uh, over the next week or two to get me by while I uh, hopefully get some of these guys healthy. Homer Bailey went for $8 and. You know, Homer Bailey has looked good at times. Now, the fastball still not great velocity. I think I got him in one league where it's 15-team league, kind of desperate, just have a ton of injuries and can use an arm, taking a shot here. And it's definitely risky. You know, the strikeouts are up right now. He's at 29.4%. He's got a 1.09 whip. He's still getting hit hard because his fastball is not good. And, you know, the fastball usage has dropped for him. The velocity's 92, 93 on the fastball, but he's been using the splitter a lot. And it's a really effective pitch. And watch some of his start against the Yankees, and we are seeing him get more swings and misses, and he's pounding the strike zone. So we're taking a shot, and, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, has a couple bad starts. But, you know, you got to take a shot in some leagues where you're desperate, you have a lot of injuries, and uh, that is the case for me in a couple leagues. Uh, Danny Santana only went for $2 in this league, and, uh, obviously, it looks like Odor could be back soon, but Santana's nice, a nice short-term solution if you need some help there in the middle infield. And uh, Eric Swanson, 23 bucks. He has a two-start week for Seattle. I did something for Fantasy Pros looking at under-the-radar pitchers, and uh, he was the guy I mentioned because he does have a two-start week and looks solid in his first start. Uh, in the, in the uh, uh, auction league for the NFBC, because uh, I'm an NFBC auction league, and Obviously, the bidding is way more aggressive there. And you saw it last night. I mean, there were some big, big bids uh, last night. Uh, Mike Soroka went for 230 in that league. And, uh, you know, I definitely could have used him. Now, Soroka is interesting just because you, you could look at the Braves and say, all right, they're just going to kind of rotate that spot there. But I think if Soroka pitches well, and he was good in his first outing, you know, I think he sticks. Uh, I think the innings – are a concern, but we can't even worry about that anymore. But he went for 230. Uh, the runner up bid was 159. Michael Chavez went for 205. We'll see how much playing time he gets. Hector Neris, so I mentioned, went for 200. The runner up bid was 190. Uh, I'm surprised all these even number bids won. We saw 230, 205, 200, 190. I never bid like that. 190, Aronis Elias. Uh, runner up was 150. I had to get him in a couple weeks. Cole Tucker went for 121. That's actually one of the Lower bids that I saw in the NFBC. So he went for 121. Runner-up was 105. Uh, I got Eikhoff for 83. Runner-up was 57. Dropping Freddie Peralta, who I could see coming back and being effective, but just have so many injuries in that league. I just cannot wait. Eric Dames went for 71. The runner-up was 10. And I can understand the pickup in Dames. He hasn't been great, but he did homer yesterday. A three-run homer off Kenley Jansen. And, you know, they could give him more playing time with Aguiar struggling. So, it makes sense if you have the room where you take a shot and you hope that he plays himself into playing time. Cole Calhoun was dropped. I added for Jesus Lazardo, and I'm sure someone was hanging on to Lazardo. Couldn't wait anymore. I actually am holding on to Lazardo in one league, but the injuries are piling up. Might not be able to do it. And you get Homer Bailey in this league for 41, the runner-up was 21. Uh, you know, hopefully it sticks. Not completely confident that it will. Danny Santana went for 41. Roman Quinn, 41. Dexter Fowler, 36, who I picked up. He's actually been playing well lately. It is good to get the playing time. I know it looks like Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill could be off the injured list when eligible. 
Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. Talkman here went for 29. Carlos Gonzalez went for 26. There was actually no runner-up bid, so there was only one bid on that. He went for 26. Felix Pena went for 25. He's shown flashes, but not enough, and he hasn't gone deep into games. Uh, 15 team leagues, I think you can consider him. Chase Anderson, coming off a good start, went for 20. Tommy Lastella has been hot. He had a two-homer game over the week, and you got him for 14, dropping Ben Zobrist. Uh, just really hurt on the offensive side in that league with uh, Judge going down and Austin the medals going down. So just looking for short-term production there. Sean Kelly went for six bucks in this league. So, you know, you saw some cheap bids on Sean Kelly and it could work out. And if it doesn't, not a big deal. As I mentioned, it's only six bucks. You wait it out, you see, and if it doesn't work out, you cut them. And I'm sure people did that with Neris a couple of weeks ago. It's much better than spending the 200 that we saw yesterday. When we return, I'll be joined by Frank Stample of FNTSY. We'll talk some basketball playoffs with him as well as some baseball. That's ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. You got this dude. He's sort of a bigger guy. All he does is go, oh, Canada. And then he looks at the crowd. He smiles and he puts the mic up. Gabe, I was doing the journey of the cup. I was looking for a bathroom. Go in there. I hear all sorts of shuffling going around. So we're in Vancouver where the Canucks play. This guy right before he went on to sing the anthem dropped the biggest dump. He goes out there to do one line of O Canada. <laughs> He's in there. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here at Scout Fantasy Sports, Adam Ronis here, solo today, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. I have the weekend recap from the Fantasy Baseball Weekend, the top stories, all the injuries, breaking it down, and a look at the 2019 NFL Draft as well, and the top rookies for quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, tight ends, also profiled there, nice a little one-stop central for a preview of the NFL draft. And, of course, you could ask your questions on the message boards and the forums. But joining me now, we'll talk some baseball and basketball with him. It is Frank Stample from FNTSY. Frank, what's up? Ronis, what's going on, buddy? 
pretty good, man. Uh, I think it's been a pretty good first round here for the NBA. I know we got some potential sweeps and some 3-1, but there has been some entertaining games at times. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the first round so far? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good for the most part. Uh, a lot has gone according to plan. Uh, I think the the Nuggets and the Spurs series has, for me, uh, been the most interesting to watch just because uh, it's so close. Every single game seems like it's back and forth. Um, and it's really interesting to see the styles of, like, uh, the older veterans uh, with the Spurs going up against the younger guys and the Denver Nuggets. So I've been paying a, a close attention to that series. Uh, and then, you know, with Philly and the Nets the other day, Jared Dudley, uh, you know, turning into a football player or whatever he's trying to do, like tackle and beat and stuff, uh, that was pretty entertaining as well. Uh, the biggest surprise, Portland Trailblazers, man. I did not expect this. Uh, Russell Westbrook, just where has he been? You know, they're creating these uh, these missing posters for – Ben Simmons and his jump shot. How about uh, Russell Westbrook in, in the, the the previous two losses? Five for 20 and five for 21 shooting. You know, that's that's basically the key there. I think that's been the biggest surprise to me is the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I thought the Thunder would win this series too, and it wasn't to diminish Portland. I obviously love Damian Lillard and McCollum had a huge game yesterday. Obviously picking up Cantor with Nurkic going out turned out to be huge for them. Uh, and I think that's what people are starting to talk about now is Westbrook. And they're starting to criticize him a lot. There's a lot of people that dislike Westbrook and they think that he piles up stats in the regular season. And it looks like it's going to be another season with no playoff series win without Kevin Durant. Do you think that's fair criticism or uh, we know how it goes in the NBA, man? It's all about playoffs and wins. Is it fair criticism of Westbrook? Because uh, it's, it's happening a lot today. Yeah, definitely. And I think just the way he's been handling himself in the press conferences, too. I know this is something we talk about a lot, Ronis, uh, you know, with Kevin Durant in, in the past not wanting to answer questions. And, you know, when everything is going great, all right, yeah, I'll answer your questions. And then when, you know, when it comes to criticism and, uh, you know, things aren't going your way, then all of a sudden, you know, you want to you badmouth reporters and you don't want a next question and all this other stuff. It's going on with Russell Westbrook, too. I just watched the, the, the post game from last night. It's, you know, you, you – they're asking him fair questions, and he's just, oh, I don't know. What does it take to come back from a 3-1 to one, uh, deficit? I don't know. Good question. Uh, it's like, okay, well, everything's going right. Uh, you're fine answering questions, you know, when, when you go on these streaks during the regular season. But then when they need you most in the postseason, it's, uh, you know, doesn't show up. It's the jumper, the the field goal percentage for a while now with Westbrook. Since the start of last year, I know he's been kind of banged up the past couple of years with the knee injuries and stuff, but – he hasn't been right. Uh, you know, from the free throw line, he's been bad. Field goal percentage has been brutal. Three-point percentage, he was below 30% this year. Not that he's ever been a great shooter, but uh, he has to answer these questions. You know, they, he was talking about how he gets in the paint whenever he wants. Okay, that's fine. But if you're, not, if you're not finishing and you're not doing what your team needs you to do, I mean, the Thunder depend on him and Paul George to carry that team most. Dennis Schroeder scored more points than Russell Westbrook last night. That shouldn't be the case. So, uh, you know, I think the criticism for Westbrook today is fair, and he's he's got to be able to at least bounce back uh, with with the play on 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 the court if he's not going to answer people's questions because it's getting a little ridiculous at this point, Ronis. Do you think the Thunder can come back and win this series? Ah oh, man, when they were down two zero, I thought that they can because. You know, they'll win the two games at home, and then it's whatever. It's a new series. Once it's 2-2. Two to two. But being down 3-1, to one, man, they can. I think they can. Will they? I don't think so. I don't think so. Just the, the body language, the way that they're playing right now, and, you know, Paul George is kind of banged up himself, and for whatever reason they're not getting Steven Adams involved. And 
I just I don't know. It's the 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 Trailblazers are just playing harder. It seems like they want it more. They're focused. I don't I don't think they're going to win it, man. And and originally I had I had the Thunder winning this first round, but you go down three to one, and it's just the way that they're reacting to everything. I don't think it's going to happen, Ronis. I I think they're actually uh, I think they're going to fall here in the first round. Talking to Frank Stample of FNTSY. Rockets have been really impressive. Obviously, won the first two games pretty easily. They go to Utah, and in Game 3, they win. And that's with James Harden doing pretty much nothing. I mean, what did he miss? His first 15 shots, they told him. And he's like, really? He didn't even realize it. He went 3 of 20 from the field. Still had a double-double with 22 points, 10 assists. And the Rockets escaped with a three-point win. Uh, Rockets are playing some of their best basketball right now, and it looks like they're on a collision course to face Golden State in the next round. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be a great series, too. It's just, again, the way the Rockets are playing. You know, I thought the Jazz would put up a little bit more of a fight, and they did in that game. Uh, but here's the difference, right, between a guy like Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden. Harden goes 3 for 20 in this game, but still wills his team to a victory because he goes 14 of 16 from the free throw line. So he knows even when the shot isn't dropping, he finds other ways to keep his team in the game, and he gets to the free throw line. We know that Harden's one of the best in the league at doing that. Uh, so he sings 14 of 16 and ultimately ends up helping his team win, uh, you know, even even with an off-shooting night. So that's the biggest difference between a guy like Harden and Russell Westbrook right now. And again, they were the hottest team uh, down the stretch here heading into the playoffs. And uh, a lot of the time when you get to the playoffs, that's all you really want is who, who's the hottest team. That Those are the dangerous teams. And right now, looks like you're right. They're destined for a series with the Golden State Warriors. And I, I think it's going to be a really good one. I, I think we're getting seven games out of that series. And, you know, you've said it. I've said it. Last year, Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. I think the Rockets are in the NBA Finals and not the Golden State Warriors. And the Warriors are now without DeMarcus Cousins. So I think it's going to be a lot closer series. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that series for sure. I think that's going to be the better, one of the better series that we see here in the postseason. Celtics, they sweep here in the first round, beating Indiana. Capping it off with a 110-106 win. Obviously, most people did not think Indiana was going to do anything in this playoffs because they're just not the same without Victor Oladipo. I give them a lot of credit for doing what they did without him. I thought they were going to sink. They stayed afloat. Do we take anything away from the Celtics in this series? Obviously, Gordon Hayward has looked a lot better in the second half, especially in this series. They are playoff tested. It's been a very erratic season for them. You know, We've seen them show up and beat one of the best teams in the NBA, and then the next game come out and look terrible against an inferior opponent are the Celtics a difficult team to figure out can they make a run here in the Eastern Conference because you know they do have Kyrie Irving with the playoff experience they do have some depth but they've also had a lot of chemistry issues and a very roller coaster season so what did you take away from the first series with Boston anything or just you know this is a team that doesn't have enough this year I think Gordon Hayward, man, you mentioned him. Uh, you know, if they can get him going, that, that's been the hardest part of Brad Stevens' job this year is trying to figure out a way to get everybody involved, uh, trying to figure out a way to get everybody their numbers and do it in a way that they can win games successfully. So uh, I, I've never really heard of a team having too much talent, uh, but the Boston Celtics might have that. So I think just getting Gordon Hayward on track here in the first round, he's obviously a huge key for them coming off the bench uh, and leading that second unit. But remember, when we first started talking about the playoffs here, Ronis, uh, before they started, I said it wouldn't surprise me if the Boston Celtics give the Bucks a run for their money in the second round. It just felt like that all year for the Boston Celtics that 
all right, once they get to the playoffs, that's when they're going to turn it on. Like, they'll just make it. They'll be fine, whatever. They're a four seed. They sweep the Pacers here. And I, I wasn't expecting a sweep. I was expecting the, the Celtics to come out. But they looked really impressive uh, against a, a well-coached Pacers team, a very disciplined Pacers team. Uh, well, we didn't see that in the series, unfortunately. That's why they got swept. But uh, for the most part this season, uh, that's, that's what the Pacers were. And the Celtics handled their business. Looks like they're going to be, uh, you know, they're headed for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks going for a sweep. But... It would not surprise me if the Bucks come out here and 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 shock. I mean, if the Celtics come out here and shock the Bucks early on in the series, and I think they're going to make it interesting. I really do. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising. Although people in Detroit are very upset with you right now because you're not giving them a shot to win four in a row against the Bucks. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my my, my Detroit <laughs> audience. Uh, so you have uh, you have the Pistons winning tonight, Ronis? No, I don't. I got Milwaukee <laughs> covering, and I got the under in that game. And then uh, I got the under on Rockets Jazz tonight as well. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Like, uh, I haven't tallied it up, but it feels like most of the unders have cashed in in this playoffs. Yeah, I've heard Gabe talking about it a lot on Game Time Decisions in the morning after about how the numbers, uh, the totals in, in the playoffs thus far have been really, really high. Um, and, yeah, a lot, of them, uh, a lot of them going under here. Um, yeah, so you have both you have both unders happening tonight as well, huh? And with this, yeah, and it's two two fourteen and a half for Rockets Jazz, and they've pretty much gone under. I mean, their Jazz haven't been scoring enough, and you know, usually when you see these three zero, usually it's a sweep. Uh, that's why I like the Rockets are favored by three. I'm not I'm not sure what to do with that. I mean, I think the Rockets definitely want to close this out. Jazz usually play well at home, and the game was close the other day, so I'm not completely 100% on that, but I do think it stays under. We just haven't seen high-scoring games in this series, and I just don't think the Pistons can score enough, even if the Bucks get 120. And what do the Pistons get, 94, 95? That would go under the number. I think it's 219 and a half. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Uh, you know, that's been the concern with the Jazz for a while now. They're a good defensive team. Obviously, Rudy Gobert manning the paint there. Uh, it, that, that's... That's the uh, that's how they're built. That's that's how the Jazz are built. They want to play good defense and and just score enough. But yeah, unfortunately, when you're going up against a team like the Rockets, uh, <laughs> they have one of the best scorers in the league, one of the best scorers of this generation. You know, maybe when it's all said and done, of all time. But uh, yeah, you know, you got to be able to put up numbers. They just don't have enough firepower. They have Donovan Mitchell, uh, Rudy Gobert is going to sprinkle in, you know, 15 points, something like that. But you know, Joe Ingles, more of a role player. Uh, just it seems like that's something that the Jazz need to address in the off season. Uh, you know, bring in another person who can help create their own shot, uh, who can kind of work off of uh, Donovan Mitchell because he needs some help there. It's pretty evident going up against a powerhouse like the Rockets. Let's switch to baseball, and we are in the same great fantasy baseball invitational league, the Champions League, because all the people in this league won their league last year. So looking at Fab from last night, the highest winning bid was Colt Tucker at 334. The runoff was 113. I saw a lot of people be aggressive with Tucker in the NFBC. Did you put in a bid on him at all uh, in this league? Yeah, I think I had an $83 bid, and I had a $73 bid in my main event, and he went for 77 so that one actually hurt quite a bit. I understand why people want him, you know, a guy that can give you stolen bases, give you runs scored. Uh, he's going to lead off for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He already hit a home run over the weekend. Uh, he hasn't really had much pop in the minors, but I think the way that the ball is flying out this year, Ronis, with his juice ball, you know, he might be able to pop, you know, double-digit home runs and with the speed on top of that. Let's just hope that he sticks around. Uh, to be honest, you know, even like Eric Gonzalez, I don't, I don't think that he's going to get in the way of uh, of Cole Tucker sticking around. So as long as he 
plays well, he'll be in the lineup for the Pirates uh, and leading off. So it, it's a decent spot to be in. I understand why people were really aggressive with the uh, – obviously they want the speed, the stolen bases, and the run scored out of him. But, you know, 334 in our league, I was not going to come anywhere close to that. Yeah, I was definitely high. But I think in a lot of the NFBC main events, he did go for – between two and four hundred dollars so people very aggressive i i needed an outfielder badly because i lost aaron judge so that's why i had to focus on the outfield to make sure i i got one for this week uh for you you made several pickups including danny santana for 33 dollars. he's obviously has been pretty good but it sounds like odor is going to come back is this a case where you just said hey i only need him for a week or two anyway yeah, I understand. It's just a short-term ad. Um, yeah, that's basically it. It's He's hitting in a good spot in the lineup. Uh, the Rangers have been a very hot lineup to start the year. He's been batting second. He had three stolen bases and a home run last week. Uh, I know that once Odor is back, it's you know it's probably going to be the end of that for Danny Santana because they, uh, they have a pretty crowded outfield already with Joey Gallo and Nomar Mazzara and Delano DeShields. I mean, that's part of the reason why Willie Calhoun can't find playing time with this team and why they haven't been able to call him up is because, uh, you know, those guys take up the outfield spots and they've been performing quite well. So I kind of understand what comes with the territory when it comes to Danny Santana. I just want to get a few weeks out of him here, maybe give me some uh, some batting average, some stolen bases, and obviously hitting second in the Rangers lineup. He should be able to score some runs. Uh, but, yeah, once Odor is back, I realize uh, that's probably the end for Danny Santana. Joined by Frank Stample of FNTSY. You got Homer Bailey for $24. Actually won the tiebreaker for him. Someone else also bid 24 Are you encouraged by what you've seen from Homer Bailey? Is this kind of swinging for the fences because it's a 15-team league? We've all seen Homer Bailey show flashes and then just implode. He's been using that splitter a lot. I know you probably saw his outing against the Yankees. So what should the outlook be for Homer Bailey? Uh, much to your pleasure, Ronis, I was actually at the game that he pitched against the Yankees where he dominated them, uh, so it sucked as a Yankees fan, but uh, just being there and watching it, you're right, you know, he was using this splitter more, he's throwing it about 26% of the time this season, uh, his career high using it in a season was 19%, so he's he's he's... He's severely uh, up the usage here of his splitter, and he's using his curveball more. So these are things I like to look at early on in the season. If a starting pitcher is doing things differently and he's getting results uh, as uh, as part of that, uh, then I'm more intrigued in a player like that. The swinging strike rate this year is up. Uh, first pitch strike percentage, so he's getting ahead in the count. He's averaging over 10 Ks per nine. So... I know it's Homer Bailey, and a lot of people, you know, are just like, all right, I'm going to pass. Like, if if he pops off, it's going to be on someone else's team. But uh, I, I like finding pitchers that are doing things differently, and, and they're gaining results because of that. So uh, I do have some interest here in homie, Homer Bailey. And I remember back in the day, Ronis, uh, I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure you were a big Homer Bailey guy as well, right? right? Oh, yeah, it was back in the day when he was with the Reds and uh... – uh, it didn't work out most years. Uh, He's but had I did an ERA over up. six for the past three seasons, man. It's, well, yeah, no, this was even yet. this was way even before then. This was like a, probably when he had the couple good years I had him, but then uh, I think I had him the year he got hurt. Uh, by the way, Gregory Polanco has been activated from the injured list, so he wasn't crushing it down in his rehab. I think he was hitting two forty three. He's coming off a shoulder surgery. Obviously, the Pirates have a lot of injuries. Maybe they rushed him back here, but. Uh, I didn't get Polanco in any leagues this year and wasn't sure what his return date is, but definitely earlier than I expected. But there has to be some concern about how much power he can give you. 
Yeah, I agree. It kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Michael Conforto from last year. I know it's not exactly the same injury, but, you know, we're both dealing with injuries to their shoulder. It seemed like Conforto kind of got rushed back, and his first half last year was not good. And, you know, I'm kind of seeing something similar here from Gregory Polanco. At least that's from what I expect. I have him in one home league because it's a keeper league, so I got him for super cheap. And with an eye on the future, maybe I want to keep him for years to come at a cheap price. But uh, for season long, I I think – I think he's going to get off to a slow start here dealing with the shoulder, and it's going to take some while for that power to return. Maybe he's a guy that, you know, uh, a month from now, maybe closer to the all-star break or in the second half, he can really help fantasy teams out. But I think it's going to be a slow start here for Gregory Polanco given the injury that he's coming back from. And Austin Meadows will not need surgery. So that is good news there because he was off to a great start. I have him in a couple leagues. So good to hear that because if he needed surgery, it would have been a problem. But Frank... Always good talking to you, and uh, we will talk again sometime soon. Thanks, Ronis. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Frank Stanfield, find him, FNTSY. When we return, we'll give you some lineups for the night slate, no afternoon baseball. And a player is going on the bereavement list. We'll let you know who it is next. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Make it rain. Kyler Murray doesn't necessarily fit a lot of schemes. You've got to revamp your entire organization in order to fit what he does well. So if it's not Kyler Murray, what the hell happens next? If it's not Kyler Murray, then the New York football giants are excited as all get out because they may not have to move up. And I think Mm. teams like you were saying, like San Francisco, like the Jets also get excited because then the trade market starts. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is solo today, holding it down here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. I have a weekend recap 
everything you need to know that went on in baseball, what it means for your fantasy baseball team. A little extensive this weekend with all of the injuries going on in baseball right now. We have a preview of the NFL draft, looking at the top rookies, quarterbacks, receivers, tight end scouting reports on each, as well as their measurables. So you could check that out and ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. In addition, scoutdfs.com. Tune in to live coverage of the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network with Mike Blewett, Dave Martinez, and Emery Hunt. And if you're not driving, you can catch video coverage of the broadcast on the FNTSY Sports Network YouTube page where you can weigh in with your thoughts and reactions in real time in the chat room. That's right. It's only April, but for fantasy football players and NFL bettors, the season starts now and we're on the clock with you at 8 p.m. Eastern this Thursday Hop into the YouTube chat room and gloat, vent, or give us your opinions. It's the 2019 NFL Draft here on the FNTSY Sports Network, Thursday, 8 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. And before the break, mention a player going on the bereavement list, and that is Eloy Jimenez of the White Sox. He has gone back to the Dominican Republic after the death of his grandmother. So he's going to miss the three-game series against the Orioles. So if you're in the NFC where you can change your lineups on Friday, then best to get him out for the beginning of the week. And as we mentioned before, Austin Meadows, no surgery on that right thumb sprain. So they expressed optimism that he could return in a couple of weeks. So that's definitely good news. Uh, so Meadows was off to a ridiculous start, a slash on a 351. 422, 676, six homers, three steals, 19 RBIs, and 11 runs scored in 20 games. So that's uh, definitely uh, tough for his fantasy owners, but at least no surgery. As you mentioned, Dwight Smith not in the lineup today. He's got tightness in his right quad. They're saying he's day-to-day. So that's going to be a tough decision what to do with him in a weekly league. And G-Man Choi still out of the lineup for the Rays today. He's dealing with a calf injury and the Orioles sent down Cedric Mullins to AAA. And uh, look, I know he was off to a terrible start, batting 091, 094, 181 OBP, 156 slugging, 74 plate appearances. So, you know, I know earlier I said they should just stick with him. You know, it's a rebuilding team not going anywhere. Maybe if you want to send him down for a week or two to, to get him going and get some confidence, I understand. But, you know, this is a guy. Last year we saw a little pop, little speed, and, you know, certainly a team that, you know, needs to just kind of see what they have in him and get him going. Gregory Polanco also activated from the injured list, so uh, he is back. He went six for 20, a double, two steals, two walks, and five rehab games with AAA, so uh, he should be owned in all formats, but it could be a slow start to the season. Uh, you got to keep that in mind, uh, coming off the shoulder surgery. Uh, as Frank mentioned, we saw last year with Michael Conforto. He just wasn't good in the first half, not a lot of power, and it took until the second half for him to really get going, so... Uh, Something to uh, consider there. Let's take a look at some of the lineups that are out for tonight's slate. White Sox in Baltimore. Manny Banuelos getting the start for the White Sox against David Hess of the Orioles. For the White Sox, leading off in center field, Lurie Garcia. Yoan Moncada is at third base, batting second. Jose Abreu is at first base, hitting third. Cleanup, Yonder Alonso. He's the DH tonight. Tim Anderson. At short, hitting fifth. Delmonico's in left field, batting sixth. James McCann is the catcher, hitting seventh. Yolmer Sanchez at second base, hitting eighth. And Ryan Cordell in right field, batting ninth. For the Orioles, Joey Ricard in center field, leading off. Jonathan Villars at second base, batting second. 
Trey Mancini's in right field hitting third. Renato Nunez, he had a big weekend. He's been on fire. I have him in a couple of leagues in the lineup. He is the DH batting cleanup. Hanser Alberto at third base hitting fifth. Wilkerson in left field hitting sixth. Rio Ruiz at first base hitting seventh. Pedro Severino is the catcher hitting eighth. Richie Martin at shortstop hitting ninth. The Tigers in Boston. I know the weather does not look pretty good the last I saw. We'll have to check and update it. Uh, Matthew Boyd against Chris Sale for the Tigers. Heimer Candelario leading off today. He's at third base. He's off to a slow start. Nicholas Castellanos in right field hitting second. Miguel Cabrera is the DH hitting third. Nico Goodrum at first base hitting cleanup. Peterson in left field batting fifth. Rodriguez at short hitting sixth. Josh Harrison dropped from the leadoff spot to the seventh hole as he has struggled. He's at second base. Grayson Griner is the catcher hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones in center field batting ninth. For the Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi leads off in left field. Mookie Betts in center hits second. J.D. Martinez in right hitting third. Xander Bogarts at short batting fourth. Steve Pierce, the first baseman, batting fifth. Michael Chavez at third base hitting sixth. Rafael Devers gets the night off. Christian Vasquez, the DH, batting seventh. Wei Lin, uh, uh, Lin's at uh, second base hitting eighth. And Sandy Lee only catcher hitting ninth. Phillies are in New York to take on the Mets. Jake Arrieta against Steven Matz. For the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon leading off in left field. JT Realmuto bumped up to the two spot. He is catching. Bryce Harper in right field hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting clean. And Mikel Franco again hitting fifth. So it took all those injuries for the Phillies to finally say, okay, we're going to move Franco up. So he's hitting fifth today. Phil Gosselin, the shortstop, batting sixth. Cesar Hernandez in second base, batting seventh. Aaron Altair in center, hitting eighth. Jake Arrieta on the mound, hitting ninth. The Royals in Tampa Bay, 7-10 p.m. Eastern. For the Royals, Brad Keller is starting. Now, he does have a two-star week, but remember, he could potentially serve the suspension, so he might not get two starts, so keep that in mind. He did have him in my lineup. Yanni Chirinos on the mound for Tampa. He's been good this year. He just had that one bad start coming in uh, after the opener, but he's been solid this year. Every pitcher is getting bombed at least once so far this year, it seems. Uh, for the Royals, leading off with Merrifield, he's at second base. Alberto Mondesi at shortstop hitting second. Alex Gordon in left field hitting third. Hunter Dozier, the DH hitting cleanup. He should not be available on the waiver wire anymore. Uh, picked him up in a couple leagues two weeks ago. He was picked up in some more leagues yesterday, but he has been tearing it up. Ryan O'Hearns at first base hitting fifth. Chris Owings at third base hitting sixth. Jorge Soler is in right field hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado is the catcher hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field hitting ninth. For the Rays, Brandon Lau moved up to the leadoff spot with Austin Meadows out. He's at first base. Tommy Pham in left field hitting second. Yandy Diaz, the DH hitting third. Joey Wendell, who is activated from the DL, saw him picked up in some leagues over the weekend. And that's why you got to pay attention to the news to the very last minute because uh, some people might not have. Some people put in their fab Sunday morning and leave. Uh, if you want to be competitive, uh, I don't do that. I understand some people have families and situations to deal with but it's best if you kind of carve out some time right before fab runs because i've seen it before in leagues where uh, you'll see someone spend a a good amount of money on a player that got injured that day and it's probably because they put in their lineup and never went back and checked so always try and range and set some time aside to kind of look through things one final time to make sure that you don't make any mistakes like that joey wendell is hitting cleanup at second base avisail garcia right field batting fifth kevin kiermeyer's in center Hitting six, Daniel Robertson at third base, hitting seven. Mike Zanino, as we mentioned, off the paternity list. He's back 
He is hitting eighth, and Willie Adamas is the shortstop batting ninth. The Brewers are in St. Louis to take on the Cardinals. Adrian Hauser gets the start from Milwaukee. Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. How many more home runs will Christian Yelich hit against the Cardinals? Matt Carpenter is at third base leading off. Paul Goldschmidt's at first base batting second. Paul DeYoung at short hitting third. Marcelo Zunas in left field batting cleanup. Jose Martinez in right field hitting fifth. Yadier Molina at catcher hitting sixth. Dexter Fowler in center field batting seventh. Colt Wonks in second base hitting eighth. And Jack Flaherty on the mound hitting ninth for the Cardinals tonight. Diamondbacks in Pittsburgh, 7.05 p.m. Eastern. Zach Godley takes the mound against Joe Musgrove, who's been outstanding so far. Jared Dyson in center field leading off for the Diamondbacks. Eduardo Escobar is at third base, hitting second. David Peralta in left field, hitting third. Adam Jones in right field, hitting cleanup. Christian Walker, good to see him back in the lineup. He sat yesterday with a hip pointer. They said it wasn't serious. He has been tremendous, even chipping in some stolen bases. So he's at first base, hitting fifth. Wilmer Flores at second base, hitting sixth. Nick Ahmed at short, hitting seventh. J.R. Murphy is the catcher, hitting eighth. And Godley on the mound, hitting ninth for the D-backs. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier leading off at second base. Melky Cabrera is in left field, batting second. Gregory Polanco makes his return right into the three spot in right field, hitting third. Josh Bells at first base, hitting cleanup. Colin Moran's at third base, hitting fifth. So no Jung Ho Gong today. Brian Reynolds in center field, hitting sixth. Elias Diaz recently acted off the injured list. He's the catcher batting seventh. Cole Tucker at shortstop hitting eighth. And Joe Musgrove on the mound hitting ninth for the Pirates. So uh, those are the lineups that we have right now. The other games tonight, you got the Twins taking on the Astros uh, at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. Jake Odorizzi against Brad Peacock. The Nationals in Colorado. Uh, Jeremy Hellickson takes the mound uh, for the Nationals. Yankees are in Anaheim, Jay Happ against Matt Harvey, who has looked terrible this year. Texas against Oakland. Mike Miner against Chris Bassett. That's at 10.07 p.m. Eastern. So a little lighter slate than usual today. But uh, those are some of the early lineups that we have. And still waiting on some news there as you kind of make some of those decisions there, uh, what to do with your lineup for this week. So uh, make sure that you pay attention to all that last-minute news. And uh, we'll take a look. And some of the two-star pitchers for the upcoming week. And, you know, the strategy has kind of changed a little bit here with two-star pitchers, too. And I think, you know, you have to be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, we've seen just so many guys get blown up. And, you know, it, it's easy to say, oh, I'm not going to start this guy. I'm going to sit this guy. But in 15-team leagues, you have decisions to make. Got a lot of injuries right now. A lot of guys that are out. A lot of shuffling between the bullpens. Julio Urias going back to the bullpen for now. Now, he still has value. And I did see... Someone pick him up off the waiver wire. Um, you know, even if he's in that role of two, three innings out of the bullpen, and you know he can go into the rotation at any time. You know, that's the other thing too. Uh, we know the Dodgers are going to have a lot of injuries, and for now, uh, Ross Stripling is going to make one more start, then go to the bullpen. And uh, I, he's in uh, at Chicago this week. Rich Hill is slated to come back on Sunday, but it's Rich Hill. You know, he's going to throw an extended spring training today, and then he's scheduled to come back on Sunday, but. Do we ever have faith that uh, Rich Hill is, is going to make it to Sunday? So, again, that situation is, is very fluid. Now, Clayton Kershaw did come back with a, a good start yesterday. He did walk four, but he struck out seven. So, I think the people who took Kershaw right now have to be feeling pretty good. Now, we'll see how many starts he can make and, um, you know, how long he could stay healthy. But for now, uh, you got to be feeling uh, – 
pretty good if you uh, took uh, Kershaw here based on the first two games, especially against a, a tough Milwaukee lineup yesterday. Uh, he was able to to get the job done. Uh, but the two-star pitchers this week, uh, Matt Boyd gets the two-starter, and uh, I think you're you're going to roll with him. I know he's got Boston today, but uh, he's at Boston and at the White Sox. Carlos Carrasco's a no-brainer. He's home to Miami at Houston. Jack Flaherty's home to Milwaukee, home to Cincinnati. Joe Musgrove, home to Arizona at the Dodgers. And Chris Sale, home to Detroit, home to Tampa Bay. And he was pretty pretty good in his last couple starts. Jake Arrieta is at the Mets, home to the Marlins. And, you know, Arrieta is someone that I did change my tune on and I like. And he's pitched well, 3-1 and one with a 2-2-5 year and a 1.11 whip. But the lack of strikeouts, man, 16.4% strikeout rate. And he's been fortunate, 213 BABIP, 90.3% strand rate. So he hasn't allowed a lot of hard contact, but 6.6 swing strike rate is just way too low. So I do have some concerns about him. He does get the Marlins here. The Mets do strike out quite a bit, but they do hit a lot of home runs as well. So I'm a little bit concerned with him. But if you have Arietta, and I do in a couple weeks, you're putting him out there. Chirinos. Home against Kansas City and at Boston. So, you know, Boston obviously hasn't been that potent lineup. They can heat up at any time. But Chirinos has been good outside of that one bad outing. 3-0 with a 3-2-6 ERA, 0.83 whip, 27.1% strikeout rate. So you're going to get him in. Zach Eflin, he's had one bad start. It came against the Marlins. I mean, that's just kind of how things are going. Uh, he's at the Mets, home to Miami. I'm rolling with him. Uh, he's 3-6-80 ERA and a 1-3-6 whip. And, you know, he had a very good start at Coors Field where he allowed two runs in six innings. So he's good in Coors and sucked against the Marlins. Uh, that's kind of how it goes. Kevin Gossman's been really good so far. He's got a two-star week. He's at Cincinnati, home to Colorado. Uh, he's using that splitter a lot more often, and that's helped. He has a 2.75 ERA, 0.76 whip, 31% strikeout rate, 14.9% uh, swing strike rate. And he gets the Reds offense that's really struggling, and he gets the Rockies on the uh, outside of Coors Field. So... Since Gossman has joined the Braves, he has a 2.84 ERA and 13 starts. Domingo Harmon, got to like him this week. Great arm. He's at the Angels at San Fran. Now, he does walk guys a little too much, 9.5% walk rate, and he's been giving up some home runs, but uh, he's in a good spot. He's 3-1 and one with a 2.37 ERA, a 0.84 whip, 31.1% strikeout rate as well, and a good hard hit rate, 27.3%, 16.4% swing strike rate. I'd trade for him now if you can. He's not a big name, and uh, I'd definitely trade for him if I could. Uh, by the way, it looks like the uh, Red Sox and Tigers have been postponed tonight. I know the weather was bad there, so uh, that's going to push uh, guys back again. Uh, I think, uh, let's see, for Boyd, it should still give him a two-star week. Yes, the Tigers not off this week, so Spencer Turnbull will not have a two-star week this week. Um, so that bumps him. So that gives him one start against Boston, so that's not as appealing. So I think uh, you're going to seek to replace him if you have some options. And uh, the Red Sox also have seven games this week, so uh, this will uh, only give uh, uh, a two-star week to Chris Sale. So Velasquez was in line for a two-star week, but now he'll be pushed back. So make sure you pay attention to that so we get that news early. Sonny Gray with a two-star week, and he's been good. That first start... Against the Pirates, he wasn't, but he's pitched well since then. A 19 and third, 19 and a third innings, 279 ERA, 0.93 whip, 29% strikeout rate, 7.9% walk rate, getting a lot of ground balls. So uh, the matchups are tough, but uh, I'm rolling with Sonny Gray in my leagues, and uh, he's coming off a good start against the Dodgers. As I mentioned, uh, 
Cole Hamels does not have a two-start week now, just one against the Dodgers. Jay Haps at the Angels at San Fran, and he's off to a really bad start, but he's not really getting hit hard, and he's allowed six home runs in 18 and two-thirds innings, and he goes to, you know, uh, against a terrible San Francisco offense. So strikeouts are a little bit down, but the swinging strike rate is there, and he gets two weak offenses, so I think you roll with him. Brad Keller, as we mentioned, he could miss that second start against the Angels, so keep that in mind. He has good surface stats, but the underlying numbers are not great. Pablo Lopez, he's pitched better than the numbers show, man. 26.4% strikeout rate, 3.5% walk rate, an unlucky 386 BABIP and 61.1% strand rate, and he's not giving up a lot of hard contact. Now, he's got a great matchup against Cleveland, a tough one on the road against Philly, but I saw him dropped in a league. I like him. He might not get a lot of wins, but I like him. Kenta Maeda was supposed to have a two-star week last week. He gets it this week at the Cubs and home to Pittsburgh. Uh, I definitely like him. Brad Peacock back in the rotation after they had some off days and skipped him. He's home to Minnesota, home to Cleveland, so you can get him in there. Uh, And Luke Weaver with a two-star week. He's been pitching well for the Diamondbacks. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. We'll got you covered up into lineup block, scoutdfs.com. Get in that chat with any of your questions. And if you have any questions on the message boards and forums, ask them at scoutfantasysports.com. I'll be back along with Dr. Roto Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.